you have this imposter syndrome or this sense of I'm a fraud or something because you're you're literally doing something for the very first time. You know, we didn't we didn't learn to walk overnight. We didn't learn to talk overnight, but we start hearing judgments of other people. We hear judgments of the marketplace and we begin doubting ourselves. So it's like the moment you make a decision and have a, a vision until that vision becomes a re reality is, is this hidden insecurities gap. You start questioning yourself. You start doubting yourself. You remember the time that you were just a bar rat in college and, and you're just like, you start having all these false narratives. And so I think that the hack is to have a vision surround yourself with people that support you going after your vision and eliminate the media, eliminate the noise, eliminate even, even the market feedback. You have to, you have to recognize it for what it is. It's, it's trying to help you. Life is going to give you challenges, struggles. It's going to force you to face your fears. Even though these may feel like your worst enemy, in truth, these are actually your greatest allies. My name is Lance Isios. Welcome to the University of Adversity. Classes in session, about to learn a lesson in the game. We embrace the pain, take it and we make some change. Without scarcity, I don't know where I'll be. It's how we learn and now it's your turn. Let's get it. Welcome to the University of Adversity. And we are back. What's happening, everybody? Thanks so much for coming and joining us today. We have another returning guest joining us on University of Adversity. He was number, I think he was episode number four when we launched back in December 2018. He is known as the Makeover Master. The one and only Mike Young is back joining us today. Me and Mike have been have been good friends for the last couple of years. We've both gone on our, had our ups and downs and uh, we've both gone through a lot of shit in the journey, which is great because we talk about it. And what we can really agree on is that the journey is not linear. When you want to zig, you got to zag. When you want to go up, you got to go down. There's all kinds of shit and you got to learn to love the journey. And I think a lot of times people have this end game, this end point that they want to get to. But that end thing is not the thing you really want. That's not going to bring the fulfillment. What's going to bring the fulfillment is the come up, the journey, the, the ups, the downs, the learning. And if you can get comfortable with that, you will win. So we had a great conversation, super grateful to connect with Mike again. And we're actually working together on a couple new websites for University of Diversity and my company, Mike Up Podcast Productions. So lots of exciting stuff. And I highly, highly suggest you check out Mike because he gives a ton of free resources, a ton of education on how to position yourself in the marketplace, what to do, what not to do, and how to create yourself as an authority figure. A lot of people hurt themselves online by what they say, what they do, and he's really good at illustrating what not to do and do more of what to do. So um, I highly, highly recommend you guys check him out. And uh, most importantly, enjoy the conversation. Mike Young coming right up. And we're back. Mike Young, round number two. How you doing, brother? I'm doing great, man. How are you? <laughs> Good, bro. Good. Thanks, so, uh, thanks for having me on again, man. It's, yeah, uh, man. It's, it's my pleasure to be here for sure. Awesome, dude. Yeah. So you were, you were there in the beginning of this thing. You're, I think, episode number two or three, right at the beginning. And it was just like, I didn't know what the fuck I was doing. <laughs> <laughs> none, of us, none of us do when we first start, right? <laughs> yeah. And it was, it was great. But um, yeah, man, it's been quite the journey. So I'm super grateful to have you back on and can't wait to kind of unpack 
all the shit that's kind of gone on over the last year and, you know, kind of get a refresh of your story and all that. But for, let's just start with, um, lately the theme, the starting of all this has been like, where are you at right now with everything, man? We're at, you know, two, two or so months of this fucking COVID. I hate that word, (laughs) everything about it, but where are you at, man? How has this impacted you? What's going on? Yeah. You know, I, I've, well, first of all, I feel, um, extremely grateful that, I've done a lot of inner work over the last decade and and really the last 15 years, you know, because I I find myself arriving in a place where it takes a lot to throw me off my game. Yeah. But this environment's totally different. You know, like, I mean, I don't, I I wasn't, there was, there's like 37 things that I wasn't even thinking about or talking about 10 weeks ago, you know, from the, from what are we going to do next year with our kids in school to my kids being home uh, full time to people wearing masks at the grocery store and having to follow lines to go into the bank. You know, it's just, it's just a weird environment. And, and I think even the ripple effect of seeing, I I think my wife and I were talking about this last night. We were just talking about, it's amazing to see almost like that human beings are waking up that we're just another creature on the planet, you know? And so as soon as something gets introduced that makes us realize we may not be the top of the food chain, how, how scared and vulnerable and frightened people become. And so I find, I find myself not only impacted a little bit because I have a designer in Serbia who was in uh, for four straight weeks, they were in a quarantine situation my development teams in India, and they were also in a quarantine situation. So the, the ripple effect of people um, having their freedom stripped away and having new rules in place on, placed on them uh, definitely, definitely trickles through to everything. So, so to go back to the root of your question, I, I just find myself grateful that I haven't completely lost my shit, you know, uh, because, because it's just a weird, it's a weird world right now for sure. Yeah, it, it really is. And it's, it's really interesting how different parts of the world have a different situation at their in their different heads. parts of even the country or different yeah. even parts different of the rules. State. It's like yeah, it's all different rules, man. It's like I don't understand it. Like it's just it's, it's I, bizarre. I think that's the the weirdest. Well, you know, we we are always making decisions based on um, a couple of things, you know, humans in general. One is we're making decisions based on what we think is going to give us a greater sense of well-being and safety and happiness. And we make those decisions based on the information that's being presented to us. You know, is this thing going to kill me or, or is this thing going to help me type of thing? And the information is so scattered and so confusing right now that people are not able to make informed decisions. And I even see it in my parents, you know, like, like my dad watches Fox news, my mom watches CNN and it's a very confusing household oh, wow. right now. Yeah. <laughs> wow. Yeah, I'm surprised they're still together. So many conflicting <laughs> messages. Yeah. That's, I had to just turn off the news altogether, man. Yeah, totally. It's, it's so. just, for me, it's nonsense. It's just, it, it's, it is. You, and if you can watch it from the perspective of this is, this is an entertainment system and a rating system and everybody seems to have an agenda and, and so I think if you can kind of look above that stuff a little bit and just say, let me, let me, let me look at Fox News and Al Jazeera and BBC and ABC News and CNN and let me, let me see how these, all of these organizations are manipulating the information in their favor or their agenda. Yeah. You start to realize it's just one big racket, all, all tied to ratings. And I, I was thinking about that last night, man. It's so weird that 
you know, we've had moments in time when the media where the only talk is North Korea, nuclear weapons, you know, it's like this fear thing that gets people's attention. Yeah. And so I think that the hack is if we all stopped paying attention, you know, they would have to, they'd have to display positive things that are happening instead of negative, but that's just not the way it works right now. Yeah. And I think news, you know, decades ago may have been different as far as it was a lot more truth. Well, I yeah. don't know. I didn't live in that time, but I, I'm guessing that, you know, when you heard the news back in the fifties or sixties, that there was a little bit more about what is actually happening and not as much agenda, but I mean, there could have been both, but they were talking about on, I was watching Joe Rogan the other day and Elon Musk is their round two. And he was, he asked him, he says like, where, like Elon asked Rogan, he's like, where do you actually get news that you just know what's happening? Like where mm. that actually, Hey, I just want to go somewhere and just have the truth of <laughs> Yeah. that's happening and there's really nowhere to go yeah where you you anywhere you go has some sort of um, agenda or narrative and it's some sort of bias and some sort of thing leading you into thinking one way and it's really interesting because you almost the only way you can really get the real scoop on stuff is listening to stuff like podcasts or listening yeah. to i don't really know what are your thoughts on that yeah, I think I think it's interesting. One of the best books, I might even have it. Yeah, I do have it. Um, th this book is great. It's The Art of Thinking Clearly. But it just talks about all of our cognitive biases. You know, we all have this subjective. The truth is what you believe the truth is. And that's, yeah. that's you know, and so there are people out there that are convinced the world is one way or that this thing works this way. And you're, you're going to have a hard time convincing them otherwise if they believe that's the truth for themselves. Mm. But I think the media was actually worse, man, you know, just because it was in newspapers and they could actually control the narrative and oh, yeah. you didn't have the Internet. So like uh, marijuana is a good example. That's you mentioned Rogan on another podcast after Elon. Um, and I love Rogan, by the way. He's like he's amazing. But uh but they were talking about how this negative connotation of marijuana and hemp, and they were talking about the hemp as a plant and all this stuff. But it was one guy that, that had paper mills that didn't want hemp to become like the new paper. And it's a stronger material. It, they can build buildings with it. They can make plastic out of it. They could do so many things with it. But he didn't want to lose his paper mill and his forests and his farms. So he created this false narrative that, marijuana was the devil and hemp is evil and all these things but it was and it's only now coming to light that oh this yeah. this plant can actually do so many things but it was just he created a story that you know african americans or black people and and mexicans were smoking this crazy weed and they made up a term called marijuana it was it didn't even exist that term didn't even exist before somebody made it up and spun yeah. it into a story that convinced a whole bunch of people that we're going to go down some dark path, you know? That's a great point. And you're, yeah, that's a great perspective. And yeah, man, you're well, right. It, because there was no the way to challenge it. There was no way to challenge anything, but <laughs> you get the new daily news. You put the trust in the day, the, you did put the trust in the, uh, the mailman giving you the mail, you know, you put the trust in the, in the government you know, because that's what you do. You're a good model citizen. And so what they're saying is the truth. That's just the way. And I, I think people are so surface too, like, and, and not, not against anybody. We all do it, but we read a headline and then we make up an opinion and we, all of a sudden we're the experts about, 
you know, X, Y, Z topic. But if you can dig a little bit deeper and reverse engineer this stuff, like Cosmos, Cosmopolitan Magazine, uh, they made up the term cellulite. You know, like cellulite didn't, that wasn't a word. They made it up so that they could essentially start body shaming in a way so that women felt worse about themselves. So they bought the magazine and whatever. Same thing with Diamond Rings, you know, the De Beers company. They created this whole methodology around, oh, well, if you're going to get married, you need a diamond ring and you need to spend three times your annual or your monthly salary. And so they created a story to get people consuming. And so if you can just take the little bit of time to do, do your own research and discover your own truth, I think it, it helps you calm down because, and I, I think you and I are the same way. We have our own belief system, our own value structure, our own truths around certain things, whether it's business or friendships or, or how we believe the world works for us. And I think it's about accepting yourself and accepting your truths and allowing other people to have their own truths too, even if those are in, in conflict with each other. Yeah. Because, because we can have a, you and I could have a discussion easily and I can think of my buddy. Uh, I don't know if you've had him on the show, Corey Huddleston. No, I've um, heard of him though. I've seen him pop up on Facebook. I know him. Really good guy, founder of Wisdom and Grit. And, um, but he has very different views of religion, of politics than I do. But we can have a discussion and we, yeah. you know, we can leave the discussion without getting in an argument. Just we can present any And so many people, it seems like today, want to be the winner. They want to win the argument. And, and it's like, what if both of us are right? Yeah, totally, man. And I love that. I love that you say that because just because you have a belief doesn't, some people become, the belief becomes their identity. Just because you believe this, you have to, everything has to be, for that thing. And it's like, well, no, for me now, I, you're absolutely right. If somebody has a different belief in like religion or politics, it's like, well, great. You're entitled to that. I'm not mm -hmm. going to like you or hate you any, or not going to love you or like you any less. Yeah. I almost respect you for that. But like yeah. have the openness for other people too, because any, you're trying to conform people into your idea just never works. And it just comes down to loving people where they're at. You know? Yeah, I think that's it. And loving yourself where you're at and, yeah. and not trying to, I mean, I think that's where when I look back at my own path and my own journey to get to where I'm at today, I was always trying to get somewhere. I was always trying to become somebody other than who I was instead of, I think the shift happened over the last year really was I've, I finally just kind of started to fall in love. I didn't kind of start, I really started to enjoy the process. Even the moments that were you and I have talked about this offline, which is the, the moments that sometimes are the messiest are like the precursor to the biggest breakthroughs. Yeah. And so you're frustrated, you feel stuck. And, and I, I was uh, working with a buddy of mine and, and who's my mindset coach, Clay Moffat, who, you know, I think you, you've talked with him. He's um, amazing. And, and he said, what if that feeling's not frustration? What if that's, what if that's growth? And it changed everything in my mindset because I realized the times that I was, I used to say frustrated all the time, but the time that I felt that kind of heaviness on my chest or, or that frustration of things not working, the bigger that, that feeling was, the bigger the breakthrough that was about to happen for me. And it's happened every time. And so once I kind of recognized that pattern, I started to just accept it. That's, that's part of the process. You know, there's, mm -hmm. there's no getting around it. I don't know anybody that's, gotten to any level of success and didn't have to overcome some adversity or other obstacles. 
Yeah, you're absolutely right, man. It's so true. And it's, it's really, it's the language we speak to ourselves too and giving that thing too much power and people take away their power all the time. Like you just see it and, and you see it a lot right now. It's like, we forget how strong and resilient human beings are, but they don't want the, the, the powers that be don't want us to know that yeah. because then we don't buy shit to fix the thing that's wrong with us. <laughs> and, and I love that because that, that stuff happens in real life. Even when you get challenges in your business and adversity in all areas, it's like we almost give that thing way too much power. And it's, it's inviting that in the invitation to allow that in and learn from it. Yeah, I, I call it the hidden insecurities gap. It's like the like if you rewind a little over a year and a half ago or whatever, as you were just starting to dig into the podcast idea, you have this imposter syndrome or this sense of I'm a fraud or something because you're you're literally doing something for the very first time. You know, we didn't we didn't learn to walk overnight. We didn't learn to talk overnight, but we start hearing judgments of other people. We hear judgments of the marketplace and we begin doubting ourselves. So it's like the moment you make a decision and have a a vision until that vision becomes a reality is, is this hidden insecurities gap. You start questioning yourself. You start doubting yourself. You remember the time that you were just a bar rat in college and, and you're just like, you start having all these false narratives. And so I think that the hack is to have a vision, surround yourself with people that support you going after your vision and eliminate the media, eliminate the noise, eliminate even, even the market feedback. You have, to, you have to recognize it for what it is. It's, it's trying to help you. It's, it's, if you try something and it doesn't work, you create a package and it's $5,000 and it doesn't sell, the market's trying to help you tweak the message or tweak the package or tweak the offer to get it where it needs to be. It just doesn't feel good like when we go through it. Yeah, yeah. And, you know, I've talked about this so many times is because we're programmed to think that not feeling good is a bad thing, mm. it's we try and run away from that or medicate ourselves or do something to not feel that. But that feeling it of the discomfort or the uncomfortable moment, like shit's hitting the fan, people are pissed off, you know, you're like, oh, fuck. But yeah. that, if you can somehow learn to enjoy that because you know on the other side there's a lesson there's there's there is a feeling of of bliss on the other side that once you get through it yeah i think i think one of the best books i've ever read it was recommended by one of my mentors uh is how i found freedom in an unfree world by a guy named harry brown it's 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 almost a crime that that book's not more popular but it it basically is get get acceptance with yourself and who you are accept other people for who they are. Stop trying to change other people. And, and the other thing that you just mentioned that is, has been a process for me is to feel your feelings. I think I grew up in uh, an environment that was guys don't cry. Guys don't ask for directions. Guys don't show their emotions. And, and even yesterday, like, and I don't, I don't share a lot of my off days cause I don't, I don't really feel like it's I don't know. It's just not something I want to fall in the habit of just talking about when, when things aren't working or when I feel stuck or whatever. I, I like to shift my focus towards the things that I'm going after or what I'm, what I'm doing. But like yesterday, I was, I was just kind of depressed. There was no reason why. There was like literally no reason why. My wife was just like, what's up? And I, was, I just said, 
you know, I'm just trying to feel my feelings right now, which is a weird thing to say because I, I grew up in a time where you didn't even talk about that stuff. And, but I, I just, I allowed the moment to happen. It was, it was maybe 45 minutes. I just felt kind of blue. It wasn't like, it wasn't anything other than for some reason, my brain or my body was feeling that way. Nothing happened. But for so many times over the past like 15 years, I would try and mask that feeling. I would, I would drown it out with booze or I would, you know, literally try and escape. Like, like one time I moved to Seattle from Portland, just trying to escape the feeling. And if you can, if you can tap into that state and allow the state to happen and break through to the other side of it, it's, I think it's more healthy. Yeah, man. I think that's, that's what we're, we're all programmed. Even, even for myself, I've seen such a shift even as an athlete or anything growing up. And I know my parents, especially too. my dad is any sort of weakness. If you were to say, express your feelings in any way, you're considered weak. That was weakness, right? And strength is holding it in. And look, there's a certain amount of strength that you have. It's not about, you know, there's a lot of people on Facebook that just dump a lot of shit, but it doesn't come from a place of empowerment. It comes from a victim mentality. If you hear from a place of, hey, I'm going to share where I'm at or where I've been. I'm going to go through the depths, but I'm going to lift and I'm going to have a message that's going to inspire the fuck out of you when I tell this. And I think people have a hard time distinguishing the two. And I think if you're going to express your truth and be vulnerable, at least understand that come from a place of, 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 of a lesson or some sort of, Mm, right. Totally. I really think that, and if you can get comfortable with just telling your story in a way that's empowered Mm. and that becomes medicine for a lot of people. Yeah. And I think, I think for anybody trying to run a business, it's understanding how human beings work, understanding that how do, how do I, one thing I've found after working with a ton of people is that almost everybody has an incredible story. It's just that we don't recognize it for ourselves. And how do you tap into those connections and tap into them in a way that get you through the dark times and, and tap into them a way that can help other people. You know, for me, like if I look at my path, um, I, I got in a place where I was stuck with my business for a very long time, eight and a half years, spent a couple hundred grand. It wasn't working. I was frustrated. I was broke. I was depressed, all these things. Well, that's, that was kind of the reason I made it through that was because I had this, this deep seated why I was doing what I was doing, which is I wanted to show my kids what it looked like to go after your dreams, even when times are hard or even when it doesn't work and not quit. And so my, the thought was, if I quit, it shows my kids what it looks like to give up on going after your dreams. And that was like way more painful than actually quitting. And then the second piece was my, my brother, and we've talked about this, but my brother-in-law took his own life in 2015. And, and I began to realize that human beings in general, sometimes we teeter on the edge of quitting and sometimes we teeter on the edge of quitting on life. And if you can share your story in a way that connects the dots and makes people realize that you've, you've also been there and come through it too, then it gives them that little bit of hope that they can keep going. And if you can, if you can shift your focus to them and just help them, it doesn't even have to be paid. You know, I, I do a ton of stuff behind the scenes that it's just like, Hey, I can see you're struggling. Let me just help you out. 
because the, you know, I do believe in some sort of karma or uh, the way the universe works or whatever it is, that if you can just shift your focus from yourself to other people, you start to get everything that you want in return. Totally, man. That service mentality is so powerful. <laughs> it's so yes, powerful. and it's a fine line, right? It's it's yeah. how do you become a service mentality without becoming a doormat? Yeah, you, know? you got to so, have boundaries. You got to have boundaries for yourself. Exactly, man. And that's that's the thing. It's like you also as a self worth issue. Also, you got to know your self worth. And a lot of times, I know this personally starting out, and you see me from the beginning of my journey that the inner work is so important because self-belief and self-worth is the, the whether or not you win or lose, I, I believe. And you're going to get challenged by so many people's opinions, other people's comparisons, all that shit. And it all comes down to how much you believe in yourself. Yep. So you have to do that work. That's like, a, that's like a, an ongoing thing. And it, and it leads and it leads into a place where it, it comes down to clarity. It's clarity yeah. of yourself, clarity of your values, clarity of um, who you want to help in the world and and serve in some way. Um, how do you how do you serve those people? What products and services do you deliver to help that specific type of person? Yeah. And when you have clarity, your decision making becomes light speed. It's, yeah. you know, or, or as Trump would say, warp speed, right? Um, <laughs> but, uh, but I would just say, I would just say, when you know that I'm going to this point, this lighthouse, your boat stops going so far left and right. If you yeah. know exactly where you're headed and who you are and you have, have value yourself. And, and I use dumb examples with clients. It's like, okay, let, let's just say that you have a, a podcast package or whatever. And you had a client come to you and says, okay, well, as part of your package, would you also add free lawn mowing service weekly? And you'd be like, no, like I don't, I don't do lawn mowing. Well, that's an extreme example to just prove the point. Yeah. You, you have to get down to where you're so clear that you're able to quickly say yes or no based on the clarity of what you do deliver. So lawn mowing is obviously an easy example to say no to, but so many people make the subtle mistakes and it sucks up all their time. It's, mm. it's would you also include two coaching sessions with this? And, and if you know that my package doesn't create that, you can instantly say no. And, and you can articulate it in a way that doesn't come off like a, a dick. Yeah, that's a great point. And yeah, and, and to what we were saying about the self-worth is that whether or not in the beginning when you're starting, there's a certain amount of as you're learning free work or whatever that that is acceptable that yeah. I feel that look you're learning you you want to you want to offer as much value you only have to be one step ahead of the person that you're coaching or whatever a lot of people think you need to be an expert you're never going to be like we want we think we all have to be Tony Robbins that's not even yeah. the case right yeah. but you should like there's a lot of people claiming they're experts when they're not which another thing it's another topic but, yeah, I kind of think I think it's helpful to be like three steps ahead, yeah. or maybe maybe one year ahead, um, yeah. because what happens like if if I were gonna have let's say Tim Ferriss or Russell Brunson come in and and fully turn on my traffic of my business, I probably haven't built the skill set or the mindset or the, I haven't I haven't gone through enough adversity, and I've heard those guys. Uh, Tim Ferriss calls it the hug of death when he comes into a business and he helps promote it. And he actually 
gives them so much business, it blows up their capacity and ends up making them look bad. And they haven't built the foundational skills. And I heard Russell Brunson talk about that too. He was, he would charge a hundred thousand dollars for a day to come in and just fully uh, take care of somebody's funnel and their messaging and their traffic and everything else. But he would literally collapse their business on itself because they had no foundation. Yeah. And so I think, I think if you can be, I I've reached out to certain mentors before that I, I was like, could I, you know, could I pick your brain or could I get your advice or whatever? But they were 35 steps ahead in the game. And so we couldn't connect. We couldn't, we couldn't bridge that gap. But the, the mentor I ended up uh, choosing on a couple of fronts, um, I have one in, in copywriting, marketing, advertising. He's about, about six years ahead of me in, in a lot of ways. And then on the mindset thing, uh, Clay was, you know, just light years ahead of me there. But he was able to communicate in a way that didn't make me feel like, uh, like I had some big chasm to overcome. Mm -hmm. And so I, I think it's important to recognize that you just have to be some steps ahead. And, and if you could, if you could reverse engineer your business model and say, how do I create a program? Like that's what I have right now. My programs that I have today are literally a reflection of who I would wanted who I would have wanted to help me and how they could have helped me best in 2008. And so I built it around how would I help myself during that time to avoid all this pain. And, and that's what I do. And that's why I'm passionate about it. It's because I'm, I'm looking at that pain that I had to go through and how do I shortcut that for other people? Yeah, no, that's, that's huge. Okay. So you lost everything in 2008 for context for the listeners that haven't yeah. heard your episode before. Now you lost it all. A lot of people lost it all in 2008. A lot of people are going to be in a big fucking shitstorm after this hits. And I feel sorry for anybody going through that who will be because we're not going to see the repercussions for a little while as well. But like when you look back now, how has your, how has your mindset been different at approaching that now versus like if that was to happen now, mm. which obviously you're in a situation where you're a lot you're a lot better. You're in a better, you know, like you're, you're online. There's a lot of things you're doing where you're, that won't affect you. But if that was to affect you now, how different are you and how would you approach it? Very, very different. I mean, I'm literally a different human. All, you know, I think that all of us cells in our body regenerate every seven years or something. So like, if you look at us yeah. every seven years, we're completely different mindset wise. Like, I feel like I feel like today you, you can't rob me of my knowledge, my experience, my wisdom. Um, so you could strip all the assets away. And I think it comes back to what you said earlier, which is I had built my identity around what I was told to do, which is you go to high school, you go to college, you get a job, you build a company, you get a big house and fancy cars and a wife and two kids. Well, then I was miserable and I couldn't figure out why. And I had my whole identity wrapped up into money and stuff and this, this American dream. And when that got taken away, liquid millionaire to 200 grand in debt in less than six months, I felt like a, a death. I felt because it stole my identity from me. So today my identity is not built around that. So you could take all this stuff. I think the, the biggest thing I would do differently, uh, very quick answer is I would ask for help a hell of a lot sooner. I, I went eight, eight plus years of very shameful talk, inner talk, you know, you're stupid. This is your fault that this happened, you know, all that stuff. At the same time, I wasn't willing to ask for help. I'm going to figure this out on my own. I'm not going to show my emotions. And so 
Today, if that happened, I would very quickly pick up the phone call, uh, a phone call to probably one of 12 people in my inner circle and just say, hey, I'm struggling here. I, this is what's happened. Um, how do I shift out of this to get somebody else's outside perspective? Yeah, there you go, right? That's the programming of being too afraid to ask for help. I think yeah. so many people are in that because it's, it's a show, it's, we think it's a sign of weakness. Yeah. It's, it's really, it's not. It's, it's the opposite. Yeah. It's like the ultimate strength. Because you want to serve people at the end of the day. If you know your, uh, your objective is to serve others, well, you can't serve others if you don't have that help, right? If it's framed like that. That's, that's, I mean, I think that's the biggest thing is if you can kind of connect the dots, you would say, if I'm struggling or, or confused or whatever, and I don't ask for help, and let's, whatever that gap is, let's say it's a week, that's a week where I don't have my answers that I can't help somebody with their answers. And so it's like, how can I get that down to a minute or an hour? Because if I can, it, it kind of comes back to that old saying is like, you got to, you got to fill your cup first and you can't pour from an empty cup type of thing. It's like, if you, if you are confused and you feel isolated and powerless and whatever, good luck trying to help anybody else, you know? Yeah. So true. Yeah. So true. What about, so since we met, since our, you know, we went to, we had good morning, La La Land, all that. And, you know, we had some good talks about the podcast when I started and a lot of stuff. Yeah. And, you know, you were on your way doing, doing your thing. How has things changed for you from there to now? And what are some of the lessons that you've learned mm. along the way? You know, uh, really interesting if I kind of re recap the last year and a half, um, certain th it's similar to what I experienced in 2003 to 2007 is things were going really, really well. And one, one of the lessons I learned is that there's always going to be obstacles and adversity and it's always a dynamic playing field. So I went through where, where this, this business and this thing, I was still, um, what I would say is, is I was starting to make shorter and smaller course corrections uh, in the beginning, you know, five, six, seven, eight years ago, my course corrections were like, maybe it's, maybe it's website building. And then the next day I'd have an idea, like maybe it's coaching, you know, it was these wild swings. And so I had a period of success. I ran my own event in March and, and something happened and I, I don't necessarily even have a full finger on what it was, but something happened that triggered me to kind of go back into that mental state of 2008, uh, where I felt like not enough or not good enough. So actually like March through August was an extremely like difficult period last year for me. Um, I was on the surface, everything looked great. The business was still fine. We were still helping other people, but I was, I, something had shifted in my mindset that, that triggered me. And I had to work through it and it took a few months, but it led, like I talked about earlier, is like that pain that I experienced led me to some of the biggest breakthroughs that I've had in my, in my personal and professional career ever. It allowed me to eliminate a couple of really high end programs I was doing that were slightly out of alignment with what I wanted and really dig into like these couple of areas of passion and, and that shift allowed me to start building systems and team where we weren't deviating hardly at all. It was all about this, this continual refinement to free up more time and have more impact with our clients. 
So, you know, to, to kind of keep it real with your audience is like the biggest adversity I felt like internally and everything else was just last year, but it was also the biggest breakthrough that came on the other side of that thing. And so mm -hmm. I, I don't think I would want to, I don't even like feeling that way when that happens, you know, it's not a, it doesn't, you can say you want to enjoy the process all you want, but it still feels kind of, yeah, yeah. It sucks, man. It's, it's like it's, when you're lifting weights, you know, like my sucks. biceps hurt, your biceps are growing. Man, you know? There's there. I, you know, sometimes I hate running, but I know once I get through that, I'm like, I know there's shit that I don't want to do. And when I do it after I'm like, why did I, why was I so afraid to do that? I know how good I feel after it's I still fucking hate running though. <laughs> I know it's crazy. I do too. Some days I'm like, man, but it, you know, it's crazy when the thing that you hate the most is usually the most rewarding after. It's crazy. It, it's, you know, all these, these sayings that we hear our whole life, you know, like they kind of seem cliche or whatever until you experience it for yourself and you have direct, uh, direct experience and you create your own wisdom around it. But one of them is whatever resists persists. And it's like, we have this resistance that we know we need to tackle something and the feeling on the other side is, is relief. You know, I, I did the thing that was, res I was resisting. And, and so it's like the longer you ignore it or just put it off, like, ah, I know I got to do this thing. And it's building, it's building some sort of patterning in you where you're not respecting your yourself. It's, it's like you're making, you're breaking little promises to yourself. You know, you have to do it. You know, you'll feel great after it's done. But by putting it off, you're breaking those little self-worth uh, promises to yourself and you end up, I really think that's the definition of a year from now, or am I going to end up in a place where I'm happy and I have a tremendous sense of well-being or extremely stressed out? It's about the micro decisions you make along the journey. Mm -hmm. And so if you make enough micro decisions that are out of alignment with your own value system, your own self-worth, you end up feeling stressed out a year from now. Um, and so if you can just kind of gain that clarity, like we talked about and make, keep making enough right decisions, you'll, you'll keep adding to your happiness and well-being. When you feel like you're out of alignment or you want to start your day off right. And you know, you have to have, you have to be on, what do mm. you do? I think it comes back to the basics always, especially when I, when I feel like things have gotten off, I, I, kind of look back at my previous few weeks of habits. It's, it's sleep, it's diet, it's water, it's exercise. It's simple stuff sometimes that we know, very, right? Very simple stuff. Get, allowing uh, breaks in your day to collect your thoughts, journaling, meditation. And so when I get out of alignment, it's usually I look back and I'm like, oh, I've slept four hours uh, a night for three weeks straight and I've been working 24 seven and I'm still kind of a workhorse in that way. And, and it does lead to this place where you feel confused and, and out of alignment. And if you could go back to the basics, sleep, water, diet, exercise, you start to feel better. Mm. It's like, how do we raise our serotonin levels naturally? Yeah. Yeah. So walk us through more of what you're up to right now. If people want to learn about your business and your services, like how can some, like what, what should somebody, what should people be going through or wh who's your target? Sure. audience of people that you could help? Yeah, I would say if your business, uh, if you have a business, you're passionate about what you have to say or sell, but you're struggling in marketing, advertising, copywriting, um, how, you can't get it to work, basically. 
we have a program, it's called our starter pack uh, makeover. And it's, it's really how do we tap in and I come in and do direct strategy help and how do we get the business working? Once it's working, we have a branding component to our company, which is after it's working, let's make it pretty. And, and so what I find is that my ideal clients are stuck. They have, they're passionate about what they want to deliver to the world, but they can't figure out how to deliver it and get it working properly. Um, they're frustrated. And so we do a lot of like complimentary blind spot reviews of social media and websites. And we, we tap into areas that are costing them leads and sales. Um, so we do these, that's, it's on our website. They, um, they just go, they fill out a form if they qualify and we do a complimentary review and say, Oh, this is costing you business or this looks like this. And, and so I think if, if you're at that place, I was in 2008, you're, you're passionate but it's not working and you can't figure out the real reasons why ask for help. Mm. So you would suggest, I like this. This is, this is big is that you want to have your business going first kind of working before you start to invest in like the, all the, the fancy bells and whistles and that, because a lot of people do it the other way. Right. And a lot of people, you know, may want to start this journey now after all this, but you know, knowing the right steps is, is super important. <laughs> I think it's really, uh, it's, it's a path that I had to learn the hard way. I think, you know, we, we all in our businesses, we, we want to put food on the table and a roof over our head. And so we, we, we sell things as we're developing and we're, we're trying to do the right by the client. We're, we're making all the right moves, but sometimes in that learning phase of things, you have to learn lessons directly. And one of those things was I, I learned that in, unless a business had clarity in a working business model, putting all the fancy bills and making it like making it look all pretty is a mistake because you're, you're literally putting more eyeballs on a, on an unproven business model and, and you're still shifting around all the time. So it becomes frustrating because you have an idea next month about, Oh, maybe it's this on the website. Maybe it's that and whatever. And I think, you know, we've, I've, I did that enough times that I was like, I'm not, I, I need to stop doing that because it's actually, it's, it's kind of this rat race of trying to make everything pretty while the business owner is still moving their ideas around their clarity, but it's also not beneficial for the business owner to just make everything pretty. So I finally got to this place where it's like, do you know exactly what you want to sell and say, and is the business working before we ever worry about making it all pretty? Man, that's that's great advice, bro. Where where can everybody check you out and 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 find out more about you? Yeah, man. Uh, TheMakeoverMaster.com is our website. I'm on Facebook, uh, LinkedIn, Instagram, and YouTube. Uh, they can follow me there, and if if you know they're stuck, they can reach out to us for a free review. Awesome. You got your book too, right? We can. Yeah, man, that, that just came about. That was a process of me meditating and journaling a lot. I was trying to. I was trying to figure out why my business started working back in 2015, 16. I was like, why is this working now? And I was like processing my thoughts. And I looked down one day, I was like, man, this is actually a book that could help other people because it was just me documenting the journey of why things were working versus not working for so very long. Amazing, man. That's yeah. awesome, dude. I, uh, I, I always really appreciate our conversations and, and, you know, it's been cool to sort of, go back and forth the journey between the two of us since we met, you know, almost, I think about two, two years ago now would have been. Yeah, man. Ago. It's, it's uh, super cool. Two, I'm like, yeah. you know, you've done something that 
I see a lot of people, they get, they get the vision and then they start taking action. And then somewhere along the way, they, it becomes too painful for them. They quit, they give up, whatever. You just made it through all the obstacles that you had to go through. And, uh, and so it's, it's fun to watch that journey and that dynamic. And, and also not, I think the other thing too, is I used to like maybe be a lot more judgmental back in the day. It's like, you're like, oh man, that person don't, doesn't know what they're doing or whatever. It's like, I, I now I'm at this place where I let people go through the process and experience yeah. their own adversity a little bit, because I, th I think that came from my mom. You know, my mom was always trying to make sure that her sons were never in pain and never experienced adversity. But I think that actually robs people from their own experience. They need to go through that phase to get to the other side. Yeah, no, I appreciate it, man. It's, it's yeah. been, it's been fun. It's been a great journey and I wouldn't have it any other way. There's been times I wanted to quit <laughs> business partners. You know, I, there's been a lot of shit go on, but you know, there, I'm just super grateful because, you know, as this journey goes, the entrepreneurial journey, man, that's what it is. That's it's the journey that brings the fulfillment because every time I tell a story, it's not about the wins. Although I love to celebrate the wins. It's always about the shit that I went through. So yeah. that is actually the thing that you're going to be able to teach other people. Unfortunately, yeah. at the time, you're like, why is this happening? Why? Poor me. Right. But it's like, that's, that's what you need to teach to the people. <laughs> I, I think that's a huge shift too, man. Is like, stop saying poor me. Just say, yeah. this is happening. Like, I've had, I've had bad employees. I've had to sell my car to pay my employees. I've had to, you know, I've, I've experienced tremendous loss in my, in my time with money and assets and all these things. But it's, it's the story of you experienced it and how you overcame it that gives people the roadmap on how they can do it for themselves. Totally. What's one lesson that adversity's taught you, man, for the last question ended off? I would say, I would say for myself, adversity has taught me I'm a hell of a lot stronger than I think I am. I, I give myself credit for that now. And suffering is literally a choice. Um, and I've only come to realize that directly for myself over the last couple of years. But the, you're going to have adversity, how you choose to react to it. And if you choose to suffer, is completely up to you. Mm. Man, well said. Love it, man. Again, thank you so much, brother. We'll have everything in the show notes for uh, all the people to check you out. Highly suggest you guys connect with Mike. Awesome dude. And always dropping the heat. So thanks, brother. Lance, I appreciate you, man. Appreciate you too. Mike Young, everybody. Thanks, everybody. All the information for Mike is in the show notes. Make sure you go check him out. If you guys can, make sure to leave us a review on Apple or tag us in a story, whatever you can do to share the value. We want to help this thing grow continually and every little bit helps. Also, go check out Mike's work, makeovermaster.com. He's got amazing stuff and he will help you take your brand to the next level. So you guys have an amazing day. Stay safe out there. Stay healthy. Much love.